0: Hello, welcome everyone and thank you for listening to the Revision LASIK and Cataract Surgery Radio Show. I'm Paige York, Director of Business Development at Revision and I'm here today with Dr. Thomas Litzinger, ophthalmologist at Revision. Um, For those of you who are unfamiliar with who we are, uh, I'm going to take a couple minutes and share with you who Revision is. So, we are a state-of-the-art ophthalmology practice located in Columbus up on Polaris Parkway. We do cataract surgery, LASIK surgery, corneal procedures. We also do a lot with dry eye. We are locally owned and operated practice here in Columbus. We've been here for almost 22 years now. So I am so excited that we have the opportunity to get to know Dr. Litzinger more and have an opportunity to share with you, our listeners, uh, what's happening at Revision and everything that we're doing there now. So first, Dr. Litzinger, let's take a few minutes and let's talk about um, how things have been for you. You you joined our practice in June of 2020. I did. Um, which Again, what a year, what a year that was. Um, talk to us about what it's been like for you since you've joined our practice, especially during the COVID-19 lockdown shutdown. Please talk to us. Share us.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having us. Um, it's one of those with the pandemic, uh, we, you remember where you were when it all went down. And I still remember my personal story was we were on a family vacation in Siesta Key and although I did not join revision until June, um, I was, you know, speaking with Dr. Schumer about joining the practice for several months. And, and so we were, you know, communicating almost daily anyway. then he calls me and says, I just got off the phone with uh, an ophthalmologist colleague of ours uh, who's Italian. He lives in Italy and he just painted a really dark picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, hospitals are filling up. Uh, this is very real and we're going to be in their situation. Um, hopefully not as bad, but in in, in a matter of a couple of weeks. So that's kind of the reality check. Um, and it was very sobering. And you think, and for a moment you get very nervous and concerned and worry about our patient's safety, the viability of the practice. And, but then after giving it some thought, we th- we, we thought to ourselves, hey, you know, we're in medicine. Uh, we always are, are taking measures to control infections. We wear masks, we wear PPE. Who better to lead the charge than ourselves and our, our medical colleagues uh, when it comes to staying open for business uh, amid a pandemic and and that's what we've done
0: absolutely yes it's hard to believe it. it's been about a year ago now since everything kind of closed down for a while and so um it 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 is uh, I think very true we are the leaders in being able to set that precedence as far as how we provide those safety protocols to keep our patients, keep our staff and our team and our doctors safe. It's so important. It's so imperative. So, um, so when we returned from our pandemic, uh, time off, we, we joined, uh, in May and we had, um, we're in the middle of a building renovation. Mm -hmm. So even prior to your start date, uh, our practice was, uh, already in progress of a major renovation. And so that's been a a big deal too. So when you joined in in June, not only Mm -hmm. were you joining in the midst of a pandemic, but also in the middle of a major pandemic and happy to share, we've just completed that renovation.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's uh, Yeah, there's nothing like navigating a pandemic and tripling in in size your clinical and surgical space. So what a challenge. Um, but it's, you know, we've navigated it well, as, as have most practices, and we're thrilled with the new space. Uh, ReVision is known for uh, being a high-tech, high-touch center, and now our Environment in the clinical space and surgical space is really reflective or embodies that high tech, uh, you know, look and feel and experience for our patients. And so it's the space we need.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I I'll speak personally. I've been so excited to have you join our practice. I've worked alongside our founder and owner, Dr. Jim Schumer, for almost 22 years now. And you know, his vision has always been to help people see better, you know, we get that privilege. We get that honor to be a part of something very life-changing for people in helping them improve their vision. And we can do it through surgery like things such as LASIK and cataract and corneal procedures. And, um, in, in having the opportunity to meet you before you, you joined, you know, I could feel and tell right away you are the right fit. You have that same passion, that same desire to come in and, be mindful as far as what what is it that people want and expect out of their vision. I mean, we all expect to see well, but you take those extra measures in your approach, and um, that that really makes it a great fit for our practice and our philosophy of care as well. So, um, our renovation completed in June in May, and then you joined us in June, and you know it it didn't take long for your patience to mm-hmm. find you that yeah. was the most incredible part is we um, you came out of the gates running with our practice and so you're a raised here in Ohio you're a Buckeye is that correct
1: Absolutely good yeah I was, All I right. was uh, born and raised in Columbus in Clintonville just north of campus so for for those with local knowledge uh, starting from when I was a little kid we could take the number 2 bus straight down High Street to campus and go to football games and tailgates. So I was a Buckeye from day one and uh, grew up in Clintonville, going to a local Catholic grade school followed by Bishop Watterson High School, uh, which is uh, very close to here. And did my undergraduate work at uh, Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, where I studied biology there. They call it zoology, but it's bio and with a concentration in chemistry. And then was on to I looked nationwide for medical schools, but realized we have a top tier program down the street. And so uh, and at that point, you're still paying for your education uh, and uh, thought it would be wise and prudent to, to, to uh, accept my uh, offer from Ohio State. And it was a it was a great decision uh, and eventually went into ophthalmology residency at California Pacific Medical Center in San Francisco, which was an outstanding experience. It's known for its high, high surgical volume and great rigorous training. And, and a shared faculty base, which includes California Pacific uh, mentors and faculty, as well as UCSF and Stanford. So it's sort of like getting the best of three programs in one. Uh, and I came out ready to go to uh, fellowship because I enjoyed surgery. Those that do take a, do a cornea fellowship or anterior segment fellowship when that's medical jargon talk for okay. things like advanced LASIK and in cataract techniques uh-huh. and corneal transplant techniques, which is, and Dr. Schumer did the same training. So it, it's where um, our comp, our combining forces makes a lot of sense. Uh, and it is, like you mentioned earlier, just a, a really winning combination. We have the same practice training, philosophy, and uh, mentality when it comes to patient care and to uh, helping people see better without glasses and, and not sparing any technological expense uh, to do so. And then I completed my fellowship training in cornea refractive, which is LASIK and, and advanced cataract techniques at Duke University in North Carolina. But even though I went to California and North Carolina, I always wanted to return home here because all my family and friends are in Columbus, and very happy I did so about uh, almost nine years ago.
0: Wow. Wow. So did you always know you wanted to be an ophthalmologist?
1: I did not. Uh, I, I knew I was interested in medicine, you know, maybe starting in high school, and so I kind of went, entered medical school with an open mind. I uh, do enjoy the arts and working with my hands, so I figured I would gravitate towards a surgical subspecialty, but I was not sure which one. I was in my second year uh, at Ohio State Medical School when I uh, took some time away to do a medical mission, but just prior to that, I actually had LASIK myself. So I was nearsighted and um, sought out a cornea trained specialist at Ohio State and had LASIK, and it changed my life and kind of opened my eyes, no pun intended, to ophthalmology (laughs) and and how great of an, an area or space of medicine and surgery it was. And it's very, there's a lot of technology. You help people see better for a living. So my interest was piqued um, by having LASIK myself. And right immediately after that, I I went on a medical mission trip to Honduras with an internal medicine team. And, and we did a lot of great work, but a lot of it felt like Band-Aid relief where we'd give antibiotics or vitamins or do exams, but then they're kind of lost to follow-up and there's no continuity. So I got a lot out of it. We did help a lot of people um, and there was a general surgeon who who did uh, several surgeries, but uh, it was really coincidental that on the way home uh, from Honduras, I was sitting next to a group of people that from Prevent Blindness Ohio, or, or I'm sorry, Prevent World Blindness, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd asked them about their week in, in Honduras and they had Cured blindness through cataract surgery and hundreds of of patients and people, um, which not only gives them sight back, but it frees up two family members uh, to go to the workforce and and, uh, it also increases their lifespan. Uh, They also trained local ophthalmologists to do the same. Mm -hmm. So sort of teach them to fish kind of scenario. And so... At that point, I was just on fire about ophthalmology and started shadowing ophthalmologists at Ohio State and made a great mentor in Paul Weber at Ohio State in the ophthalmology department. And as they say, the rest is history.
0: That's so great. I mean, I I can appreciate the fact I wore glasses. I've had LASIK and how life-changing that was. And, um, you know, Dr. Schumer did my procedure, and I, I admire both you and him as far as your your dedication, your surgical skill, the fact that you're able to change people's lives in this microsurgery, uh, the finesse that you have, the watching your hands when you're doing procedures, I don't think uh, there's enough credit given to ophthalmologists and and eye surgery. Um, it's such a common thing we're doing, but it's pretty amazing when when you get to um, help people see better through a a you know 15 minute. Twenty-minute-long procedure mostly, and mm-hmm. so that that's really cool. And and for me, you know, I don't have to assume the liability you do as a surgeon. Yeah, you, you have to be to up that. for the
1: challenge as well. But, from but, that standpoint, but luckily, you know, we enjoy such a high safety and success profile with LASIK and cataract surgery. We're we're privileged in that in that sense within medicine. And and yeah, it is delicate work. And mm-hmm. and I, uh, my mom never swayed me to do anything. She said, "Do whatever you're passionate about." But she nice. she saw you know. My artwork when I was younger, and she kind of thinks she secretly hoped that I would be uh, become a surgeon, and so there was a little bit of that inborn. But then I sought out the best training, and I'm eternally grateful to training with the best ophthalmologists in the country, from the west coast to the east coast. So you combine uh, some amount of natural skill with with great um, mentorship and guidance and training, and um, there's nothing more that I, I love to do really than sit down in the operating room in a long day and help people see better with, with my, and employ my, my hands and my training.
0: Right. And, and I, I can attest to the fact you were meticulous in your, your <laughs> process, your process and how you make decisions yeah. to do surgery. And, you know, I think, you know, I work very closely with a lot of the optometry practices here in central Northern and just general Ohio. And, you know, your reputation is, is definitely one to, um, share because they they know that you care about your patients. They know that you're meticulous about not just before, but afterwards too, and making sure patients are happy with their outcomes. And, you know, I think that's a huge part of why you're such a great fit with revision as well is because you do care and, and you want them to have that outcome so that they're going out telling their neighbors and their friends and their family like this is amazing and so you know we we appreciate everything you do and i know the optometrist that we work with um, appreciate your dedication to your craft as well Mm -hmm. so you know there's uh, other similarities the way you and dr schumer approach ophthalmology and i think those are some of those uh do you have anything you want to add to yeah well
1: no i appreciate that and and combining the attention to detail with revisions, high touch. Uh, sp- actually a patient described it as spa-like just last week. She said, I came in for my cataract surgery. The place is beautiful. Everybody was warm and welcoming. Um, and I felt like I was at a spa and it was around uh, Valentine's Day and they, they handed me a flower on the way out. And I love that. Wow. So I love combining, cause it's all about being you know, like the, the, the complete package when it comes to a patient experience. Yes, it's one thing to be technically sound but uh, to offer a great patient experience makes it all the better. And so uh, there's a lot of components to a, to a successful outcome. And, and one is, um, is meticulous workup uh, with our technology and scans and numbers we get b- beforehand. I'm, I, am, uh, I analyze those to no end, as you know, and then, and then to do a technically sound surgery. Those two will give a patient a good outcome. But uh, we want their experience to be really enjoyable and, st- and as stress-free as possible. And then the, the, the last part is getting them back to the referring optometrist um, who's going to provide them with excellent post-operative care and ongoing care and knowing that we're here if they need us again.
0: And I, I can share, you know, the renovations that we've done to our practice. Um, it, it is anyone that has been to our practice prior to this year, um, you will notice a major improvement. We have expanded and we really did take into consideration the look and feel of of our practice. So, you know, we want to make sure that everyone feels welcome when they arrive, that they're greeted. We, we take a lot of time and effort and pride in how we conduct business um, just to even answer the phones and get patients in the door and, and having our patient educators kind of handhold patients through this process. It, it, it's big and scary sometimes when you're having eye surgery. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that we are customizing their, their vision solutions, their expectations, we're managing those. We are delivering the highest care possible um, because that's gonna, that's what sets us apart. There's, mm-hmm, there is a yeah. lot of good surgeons here in town right. and we think we're like the best. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: we hope so. We strive to be. Absolutely. And, and you asked earlier about similarities between Dr. Schumer and I, and, um, I mean, there's, there's numerous, you know, you know, there's personality, uh, similarities, there's how you want to run a practice and treat your employees, uh, staff and, um, and partners, uh, how, uh, what kind of patient experience you want to build, and, and really a key one is is technology too. All and right. so some, you know, some surgeons shy away from it because it is expensive and it is a risk if you don't um, employ it in the right way. Um, but Dr. Schumer and I both had the same mindset of is, does it benefit the patient? Is it is it feasible? Uh, then we're going to do it. You know, mostly does it benefit the patient? If the answer is yes, we've Reverse engineer it and find out a way to make it work. Absolutely. And we're going to buy that. We're going to invest in that technology uh, because we think it'll give a patient a faster healing time, better vision, and just or automate part of the surgery. Right. You know, and that's what we do. We do laser-based cataract surgery. We're the, we're the leader in that in, the, in Central Ohio, maybe probably the whole state.
0: Yeah. Is that one of your favorite things about joining our practice? As yes. far as technology wise, it, it
1: is. I mean, I've I've I, I enjoy it in a lot of different ways, and and um, really have had. Yeah, the technology is, is one of the main things, really. I, I, I wanted all the technology at my fingertips uh, to help our patients. And not only that, but it is in-house. So our surgery center was expanded on the first level, clinical space upstairs. So uh, the patient, it's all on site. The surgery center looks and feels just like our clinical space. And uh, we have limitless technology to offer the patients if they elect for it. And um, yes, that's absolutely one of the main reasons that I enjoy practicing at Revision. Mm-hmm. And it, and I've had more fun practicing the last eight months than I have in a long time.
0: That's awesome. Well, we, we're so glad to have you with us. I know it's it really, it's a great fit. And, you know, it's not always easy when you're bringing new surgeons into practices. And so it's fun for us to, not only watch your patients be cared for as as the revision philosophy has always been but you bring in a whole different angle in in your background and your training to our team and you've taught us things that are exposed us to different things that are available and so i i really admire how you and dr schumer are able to kind of have conversations and meet in the middle to you know, come up with really best practices in our practice.
1: Yeah, that's one of the beauties of doing the same thing. We invest in the same things, and we also are doing the exact same procedures. So um, it's it's very much a learning environment, and I've I haven't been this stimulated intellectually for since I was in training. I think we are constantly emailing each other studies talking about uh settings on a laser or surgical techniques and we both are very open-minded and know that despite our extensive uh, uh history and, and training and exper- surgical experience we already have that doesn't mean you know everything and and we're always always trying to uh, trying to get better and and i think that also speaks to both of our perfectionism as well
0: definitely um and it and it shows and you know it makes um makes it fun to work with both of you and and exciting as well to know that we're leading edge as far as the technology that we are offering and solutions and um, it, it's it's been fun. Uh, in in the midst of a pandemic, it's still been fun.
1: <laughs> yes, it, it has. It has. After the initial freak-out period, where you just don't, you know, the world's uh,
0: coming to an end,
1: you just think rationally and, and the, figure out, you know, how can we make this work? And uh, and it's really been pretty awe-inspiring, especially in on the bench work side of things. The PhDs out there doing virology research and vaccine research, I mean, they stepped up to the plate and knocked it out of the park in a major way. Mm-hmm. And and the resiliency of just, you know, everybody's human nature and, and, and you know, there's we've seen some ugly things, uh, but we've also seen some really great things and a lot of compassion. And I hope some of that residual compassion of the whole world being in the same boat together has some lasting effect.
0: I agree. I agree with that. In fact, um, you know, one of the things about working with the Columbus Radio Group is we do a lot with our revision gives back and they've been so generous in, you know, helping us spread the word of what we do and uh, that's I think another differentiator about revision and I know that I can speak to the fact that you have a couple passion product projects out there that you're involved with. Uh, the Ride for World Health is one of them and I know we're going to be naming them as one of our future revision gives back. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure yeah, first
1: it? I have to give you a ton of credit for championing and uh, leading the charge on our revision gives back program and you're always out there meeting with people and and, and uh, donating money and and um, just just building a lot of goodwill and doing a lot of great things because um, I love that part of what we do is we help people see better and we're uh, you know a successful practice and but that enables you to be able to give back even more um, and so my personal cause was and it's and it's uh, I have to give credit to uh, Andy Wagner and a few others uh, who. Who really came up with the idea, and then I just sort of jumped on board in medical school. So there's about five of us who co-founded something called Ride for World Health. So we um, we initially were uh, inspired by Mountains Beyond Mountains. It's by Tracy Kidder, but it's about Dr. Paul Farmer out of Harvard, who uh, kind of changed the world of international healthcare and how it's delivered. and And his home base was in Haiti. And so uh, my friend Andy uh, reached out to to uh, Paul Farmer and he said, you know, we like to raise money for you. And he said, you know, kind of like, oh, that's cute. little bake sale at your, uh, (laughs) we just got funded by the Gates Foundation. But he he said, we're good on, we're good on donations. He said, but, uh, but he did say, he said, you know what you can do? Advocate, get the word out, educate people on, on world health and how dire it is in, in developing worlds. And, uh, and we said, OK. And so we thought of the, um, of the best vehicle to do that or one of the best would be to do uh, a bike ride, which we initially thought would be local. And then it turned into a coast to coast, west coast, to east coast lecture series. And we decided to expand it to not only international health issues, but domestic as well, because there's plenty that needs fixed in, in the United States as well. Uh, and our audience ranged from, from grade schoolers all the way up to uh, uh, grand rounds presentations at medical schools. So we tailored our, our lectures depending on our audience, and that was a vehicle to also raise money. And so uh, the first year it was going to uh, Partners in Health, which is Paul Farmer's organization. But then every subsequent year, there's one or two beneficiaries of, of the fundraising efforts. And it's still going on, so that was in 2006, and yeah, so we're 15, 16 years in.
0: That's amazing. Well, we're excited to be able to name them as one of our honorees. I think that's coming up in June or July, so we'll talk about that again. But thanks to the radio station, too, for all of your efforts. And, you know, I think that really speaks to just the the early conception of, of revision was all about education, you know, and that's the platform of everything we do is, you know, we have opportunities to educate people about anything really. And, you know, in our world, it's vision and eyes and what we can do. And um, and so when we take that approach, it it never feels salesy or anything like that. But it's it's always about here's what we can do. And same with all of the charity stuff we do as well. It's it's, you know, spreading the word. Here's what's available. And that that has great power. And, you know, I think being a small business locally owned, our focus has always been on trying to um, you know champion other small local charities and groups that exist there's so many people in need and I think a lot of that was founded upon the idea of, you know, we get to help people and serve them and helping them see better. What else can we do? And, you know, Dr. Schumer has been more than generous with his time and and money to donate. And even during the pandemic, when we were shut down, he was still going, this is not the time to stop giving. This is a time to give more. Yeah, It's kind of
1: a we're all in this (laughs) together before that was a tagline.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, we I can share that we just hit our hundred thousand dollar donation mark Awesome. Over the last uh, eight years, so that was that was uh, pretty cool to talk about. So I'm glad. Congrats! I'm glad you have. I'm glad you're going to be bringing some some new ideas to us as well. Absolutely.
1: Let's raise as much money as we can for charity.
0: That's right. So I know, um, you know, with our new space, um, you know, Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite? Thing about revision in, in either the clinic or in the surgery room, Favorites, like
1: yeah, favorite, like, favorite physical space. I think the obvious the answer is gonna be obvious for me. It's the operating room, right? Uh, you know, it, it's you know, for some it's an intense environment. For me. And, and for others like myself um, uh, especially you know if, if you've had really great training uh, it should be kind of a calming place and and for me it's it's i'm just kind of in the zone it's it's mm-hmm. almost meditative uh music's going uh fairly loudly <laughs> not enough to distract me <laughs> and they know uh they know when to change the station because it you know i can get distracted and there's something called a a, a nickelback alert if Nickelback comes on, they turn it off right away. <laughs> <laughs> it Doesn't break my concentration. <laughs> Sorry, that Nickelback. Back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and, and we uh, and the and the patient comes in the OR staff, which you know, ORs you have to be very precise, and so it's a well-oiled machine. It's like a it's like a fast-paced dance that we're all doing because of muscle memory and and, mm-hmm. and our training. And our our staff is just on point, um, except you know when the patient. Uh, Enters and leaves the room. They say, you know, hello, welcome, and call them by their first name. And on the way out, say the same. And so it's it's real. It's a first OR I've worked in that that uh, that they really. our warm and inviting and embrace revisions philosophy of this needs to be a high touch experience from, from when you uh, call them and and the first impressions, which is what we call our front desk um, staff all the way to uh, seeing you out
0: of the door of your surgery. That's right. We do. We work very hard to make it a personalized experience for anyone that comes to our practice. And uh, I think that's one of our greatest differentiators you know we're all on one floor for our surgery so parking's easy to get in and out Mm -hmm. it's not like going to a big hospital it's not big and scary it's a come on in and they walk in and the first thing they see is a fireplace roaring Mm -hmm. and, you know, comfortable chairs just in our lobby before they even enter into our And that bar
1: area that will soon have coffee when the pandemic's quieted down even more. And I had a patient who said, yeah, I came here for my surgery. I thought I walked into a high-end coffee shop. (laughs)
0: That's right. That's right. So I know we're going to be finishing up here shortly. Um, You know, I think for any of our listeners, if you're interested in learning more about who Revision is um, and what we're all about, Please visit our website revisioneyes.com. Follow us on our social media. It's uh, at revision eyes. Um, it's a great way to learn more about who we are, what we're doing, um, and, and see you know the technology that we're offering, the care we're providing. Um, it there's just a lot of really cool things we're doing there. So and take maturity. a minute. Yep. yep, take a minute and uh, find out more about that. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to have you on our team. This has been a fun year. I know you also had another addition in your life uh, <laughs> at the beginning of year. Talk to yeah. us real quick about that, and then we're going to go to our final three questions. Yeah, so. we just
1: uh, welcomed our third child. We have a boy who's five and a half, a girl who's almost four, and uh, baby Jack was born on New Year's Day at halftime of the Ohio State Quinson wow. game. Yeah. That's great. He's doing great. It absolutely was. <laughs> and amazing. he's fitting right in and uh, we're loving life.
0: That's great. That's great. All right. So quick questions, just as we're finishing up here, um, I'm going to ask you real quick. What, what is your favorite music? Tell us, mm-hmm. tell us your, uh, All your, right. Your yeah. favorite band or music. Right.
1: So, um, you know, it, I, in the days of which is now of, of streaming music and uh it's not really one artist or one album it's more about playlists right so sure. so uh i enjoy a playlist right now on uh, spotify that's alt nation 2020 uh it's a compilation <laughs> of alternative rock songs that that was Alt nation's favorite um nice. and uh i enjoy that in the operating room when okay. when because it's a little bit more low-key or during my commute
0: last yeah. concert you saw
1: oh wow Last concert was probably Wolf Alice at the Newport.
0: Oh, nice! And who are you looking forward to see next?
1: Wow, anybody
0: (laughs) in concert? (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. All right. So thank you so much for listening today. Again, uh, I appreciate your time, Dr. Litzinger. You've been just a joy to our practice um, and look forward to many years with you ahead and serving patients. And uh, thank you again for listening. Visit us on revisionize.com. And thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Paige.